0: What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the 5 Star Jobbers Podcast. I'm Cody. And I am the Anawai's family counselor. And I bet you're getting your money's worth throughout the last three years, I think.
1: I don't know what I do, but I know that it pays well. But <laughs> well,
0: anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our episodes here. If you're new to the channel, welcome. If you're new to the podcast, go back and listen to our older episodes. We've only got 19, so you should be able to catch up within, what, a couple weeks or so or maybe more? But, we're so glad that you're here listening. More content's coming on the way, so thank you to all of our listeners. Also, we're on social media. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at 5 Star Jobbers. And we've got more content that's going to be coming up in mo- maybe about a month or so. we got a YouTube channel that's going to be going up, and TikTok. So, we're going to be all over the place, you guys. So, you're going to be able to find more content and more stuff from
1: us in the future. And we're excited about it. Grab your popcorn. Snuggle up with our two luscious voices. And soon our ugly mugs. That's right. You're going to get to enjoy
0: all of it. But we got a new episode going into it. As you may have known from last episode, we gave our predictions to SummerSlam for this past weekend. And I would say that maybe some of it was okay, some of it met our expectations as far as like our predictions. I think we were pretty much dead even on everything, I think. Like if there was I don't think There wasn't a clear winner between the two of us, It was
1: like a Fast and the Furious movie. There was action. There wasn't a whole lot of plot. Um, You left, and you felt like you saw something, but you're not really sure that you saw anything. Right. And family. Exactly.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we're going to get into it. We're going to go through each match. uh, And eventually, whenever we do these reviews or these uh, prediction episodes, we're going to try and amp it up a little bit. In future events to come, all in is going to be the next one coming up at the end of August, and so we might up the stakes a little bit between the two of us.
1: Cody said that if I get all the the the
0: right answers, that we can shave his head on TV. I did not say that. That is it's already not, on the airwaves. Nope, it's, it's not happening. I will shave leg hair. I will do anything else, but I am yeah, not. Yeah, he shaving said my I head. could wax his leg. Yeah, I, that is the furthest I'll go at this point. I am not shaving my head. Not going to happen. But anyway, let's
1: what go ahead you, and get into what it. what would you shave your head for?
0: That that's a good question. Uh, number one, I it'd have to be a lot of money. And number two, you would have to be able to convince the wife because if she saw the check, maybe she would go <laughs> along with it. But that's up to her. Okay, so
1: yep, that's okay, okay. I can. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna get you bald at some point.
0: I don't think that's gonna happen ever. Huh. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into it. So the first match of SummerSlam, we started off with Logan Paul versus Ricochet. So I mean, this match was pretty much what I thought it was going to be between the two. It's like a pretty much glorified spot fest with them doing flips and everything.
1: Yeah, very acrobatic. You know, um, decent match. Yeah. I mean, um, kind of yeah. I was, I was honestly say I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah. I, I kind of was expecting a little more... This is one of those matches where, okay, I'm not looking for chain wrestling. I'm not looking for, you know, fantastic storytelling. I'm looking for a spot fest. Right. Um, and so my desire to see the car crashes, it was a little tame. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and then... Uh, I did call this one. I called Logan Paul pulling the win out, you yep. know, and, and especially as I called it, I said it was going to be through some kind of a schmoz finish. Yep, you called it. It absolutely was a schmoz finish with the with the brass knucks. So I don't think this is the last match that we're going to see between Ricochet and Logan Paul. So if this is just maybe the first match, I think it's a great first match. It leaves a lot of room for them to build off of. So I didn't really mind that it was just kind of a ho-hum you know let's say high spot match just because i mean you got ricochet you got logan paul but you know that you can see way more out of both of those performers so i really think that this one is just kind of like the base and that we're gonna we're probably gonna see at least one more match probably not immediately because you know Logan paul is kind of a one and done performer right. so you know Maybe so not Maybe not even by Survivor Series, but maybe before the end of the year, maybe in the at the Royal Rumble. See, and I would venture to say that, I mean, I, I
0: would think that both, both of them are going to be in the Royal Rumble match. Yeah. But I would say, I mean, I'm going to go with the Survivor Series will probably be the next time we see them. Because just, it's, I think, because he's not going to show up at Payback. There's no way, Logan Paul is too big for Payback. There's No, no way there's he's no, gonna,
1: no, he's, he's not showing up at Payback. I mean, and he could show up at Survivor Series, but honestly... I could see this being Ricochet's WrestleMania match. And I could see them getting back together, having another brawl at Royal Rumble, in the Royal Rumble, eliminating each other again, and, you know, taking it to Mania. I mean, yeah, it, it
0: could work out. But, I mean, yeah, like we said before, it was pretty much a glorified spot fest. And I was just kind of hoping that, because I didn't know where they were going to go with after this. I mean, yeah, maybe they might do it at WrestleMania or so, but it's like... Because, I mean, they could go with a way, because you got Jake uh, Jake Paul and Logan Paul's entourage, KSI and all of them, mm-hmm. they might show up and be at ringside, and then all of a sudden you see big old Braun Strowman come out and decimate all of them and pretty much just rip Logan Paul to shreds. Yeah, I they, think
1: I think that's that's probably where it might get to. Yeah. But like I said... I can drink, I? I? Well, no, I honestly think that that's... In the last episode I talked about bringing Jake Paul in. They've had Jake Paul, they had Jake Paul, you know, make a cameo. What was that like? Was that when he was facing Seth?
0: No, I think that was when he was facing Roman Reigns. Roman.
1: So they've had Jake Paul come. Obviously Jake had the, uh, the fight against Diaz and, um, he beat Diaz pretty, pretty decisively. um, which, I'm thinking at, which we're gonna, blows my mind. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, Diaz is a good striker, but he's also just—he's an MMA guy. He's at—he's at the very tail end of his career, where Jake Paul's still. I mean, are the Pauls even thirty yet?
0: They have to be at least. I would 30, think thirty, maybe thirty-one. I mean, like somewhere around there, <laughs> but. My whole thing with Jake Paul is like, if he's gonna be a boxer, they need to put him up against
1: actual actual boxes. boxers, not guys who are strikers or were boxers a long time ago. Exactly. Uh, no, he needs to fight like a legit boxer at this point. Because if, I mean, if, he... if he wants to be considered a boxer, he needs. To fight at a legit exactly
0: boxer. or switch over to UFC and go into MMA, but I guarantee you Dana White would not have mo- him. I
1: think there's way more money in UFC, and uh, Dana White will absolutely have anybody who draws a, a, a box office. I mean, at this point, who does Dana White have to draw box offices? I mean, maybe one or two more John Jones fights, yeah, it's true. Um, and then uh, who's, who's the other guy that's
0: uh Somewhat big now. I can't remember what division Cormier. No, Uh, not Cormier. Um, I'm
1: talking about McGregor.
0: No, McGregor's not going to come back. McGregor's not coming back. No. Um, I would venture to guess that he would not come back unless it's against Logan or Jake Paul.
1: Well, I'm saying he's not going to. They're not going to come back for anything less than you know, tens of millions of dollars. Oh
0: yeah, and McGregor doesn't need a fight with Jake Paul. I mean, I would venture to guess, and I would go out on a limb here. I know we're kind of getting off topic with WWE, but. I would say if the Paul one of the Paul brothers ever got into an actual uh, match with Conor McGregor, McGregor would have them knocked out in the first round.
1: Yeah, um, I would. But it would it would make a lot of money. Oh yeah. Um, and to say to go back to talking about making a lot of money, I think we're gonna see Logan and Jake Paul brother tag team, but that's a WrestleMania size thing. That's you know they love bringing out their big celebrities and having those big matches for WrestleManias. Right. Jake, Logan Paul, WrestleMania, Ricochet, and Braun Strowman. If Braun's able to get healthy in time, I think that's what they're looking to hold out for. Um, And I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that'd be a great match. No doubt.
0: Then we get into Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. Now... It was pretty much what we expected it to be. Brock Lesnar pretty much dominating the entire match. But then, there was a little bit of a botch that... A little bit of a
1: botch. Yeah, I, I, I probably
0: shouldn't He's say a little bit. You're being
1: nice. There was a very clear um, failure in production. If that spot was, was calculated, that was a failure in production. Uh, anybody who watched it knows what we're talking about. Anyone who didn't, there is a, there is a part of the match where Cody takes the steel steps and hits Brock with the steel steps. Now, no big deal in in, in in many circumstances, but this was at no point advertised as a no disqualification match. At no point was it advertised as no holds barred. Um, so the fact that Cody hit him with the steel steps and there was no disqualification, it was a little bit strange. And then what really kicked it off was after that, a couple minutes later, the we've got a count-out situation where Cody almost gets counted out twice. Right. And so it's like, okay, so one second you can hit someone with a steel chair. The next second you can get disqualified for being out of the ring for too long. So where – See, and I think – and we
0: kind of talked about this like prior to recording, but it's all about what the referee's preference is as far as their – cadence is when doing a ring out count or whatever it may be and in this case because like, this drew up a big debate like are the steel steps because there's the whole issue with the turnbuckle as well like when the padding comes off and it's being used to like bash someone's head in is that considered grounds for a disqualification whereas the same thing as someone using the steel steps because some people will say well that's part of the ring so you can't disqualify someone for using like a part of the ring
1: yeah yeah well, what, and, and what I, what I will say to this is, you know, from, from, I'm going to take the legalistic perspective as right. I often do here. Um, it's all about the flow of what's going on is a person being thrown into an object and making contact with the object or is an object being directed towards a person and and making the contact with the person i if a person is being thrown and they happen to hit an object you know so we see over and over all the time a person gets thrown into the turnbuckle whether the turnbuckle has a pad on it or not the third person gets thrown the turnbuckle the person gets their head slammed on the turnbuckle you know whether or not there's padding they're they're being thrown into something that's harder than the ropes or perceivably the canvas person gets thrown into the barricades Person gets speared through the barricades. Person gets thrown and lands on a table. Person's laying on a table and a person jumps from the rings into and drives a person through the table. Never a disqualifying situation. Person gets thrown into stairs, but when you pick up the stairs and you're holding the stairs and you are throwing the stairs at the person, same thing like a chair. Like if someone gets thrown and happens to hit a chair, it's not a disqualifiable situation. But if you take a chair and throw it at a person, that's a disqualifying situation because see, see, then you're I would using ask a weapon. The weapon is not just happening to be there.
0: See, then I would ask the question, like in a freak situation where someone gets thrown in the turnbuckle, and we've seen it a few times here and there, someone gets thrown in the turnbuckle and it just pops off and you're left with uh, the top rope being unhooked from one side, mm-hmm. it's pretty much loose, laying on yep. the ring. Would that draw a disqualification if someone were to pick up the top rope and then use it to whip their opponent?
1: So we've got the top rope and we're, once again, we're whipping the opponent. So we're directing the object towards the person. So I would I would make the argument that yes, that is a disqualifiable offense. Just like I would actually make the argument that anytime a wrestler takes their belt off and starts whipping the opponent, that that could actually also be considered a disqualifiable offense. Now, going back to something you said earlier, a lot of this comes down to the referee's discretion. Right. And it's totally fine for the referee to let something go. So that we can have a clear winner, you know, and the, the announcers usually do a really good job of when something like that happens, going, you know, the referee is letting that one go. I, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to let this end in disqualification. But for a referee to be fine with the use of steps one minute, and then the next minute be counting the 10 count, we no longer have a linear logic. We, we now have pick and choose and... It's, just, it's it's bad storytelling. Um, it's bad for the rule. It's bad for... If you're going to have rules, the rules need to be enforceable, and they need to be enforced. Right,
0: because for the casual fan that's just tuning into wrestling, and you explain disqualifications to them, mm-hmm. then they see that, and they're like, wait, shouldn't he have been disqualified for that? And you're like, well, yes, but I don't know why the referee didn't ring the bell. And so, yeah, it's like what I've said before. The referee's preference on how they want the match to go, because some will want to have a decisive winner despite what they're trying to do with weapons in or out of the ring whatever it may be but you need to have a clear outline of what draws a disqualification and what doesn't warrant for one yeah and so because for the like I said for those casual fans that are just now watching it they need to know based on what the referee is saying that okay if you don't uh, let them off the ropes, I'm going to disqualify you at the count of 5 and yep. then they start counting. Same thing with being in the ring. They're like get back in the ring. You have till 10. 1 and mm-hmm. then so on. Like the referees are the ones that are enforcing the rules and they need to like, make it clear. And I'm not saying anything against the referee in this match or any referees in general, but like it's part of it to have a clear direction on what warrants disqualifications and what does not.
1: Absolutely. I mean, let's say when uh, when they do those 5 counts, you know, when they do those 10 counts, part of the the build up the anticipation in those moments are oh are they going to let go by 5 or are they going to get disqualified are they going to get back in the ring by 10 or are they going to get counted out well if 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 a, if a if a blatant weapons usage doesn't get you disqualified you can't sit there the, the next second and be like oh he's about to get counted out right it's like well they didn't really get they didn't really take care you know take him out because of the ch- the chair or the steps why would they disqualify him because of the countout? Like, right. It's like why I was saying. Let it
0: go? It's like I was saying. There's no clear direction for what warrants yeah. a disqualification at that point. So, so then you leave fans confused. Like, wait, wasn't that supposed to be a disqualification? Or no. but, but overall, otherwise
1: it was it was a it was a good match. Like I said, the, it, just like you said, there there wasn't anything that was. Um, I mean, I gave this. I, I mean, if we're talking points, stars or whatever here, you know, I kind of gave this one like a three.
0: Right. It, it was just kind of. Better average. than average, but I will not... say there was one high spot where I thought that was pretty cool was whenever Cody puts the uh Kamora lock on Brock Lesnar. That right? was that, that was that, a that nice was little cool. switch
1: around. Yeah. Only problem with that one is that Brock is so freaking built. Yeah, that Cody's got this Kimura on him and his arm's not even you know, wrapped all the way around. And right. It's like, I'm sure that's as far as his arm goes. Right. It just is a, it didn't quite have the, that look like you're, you're, you're watching it and you're like, it's kind of hard to believe that Brock Lesnar's in a lot of pain when his arm's still by his side.
0: Exactly. Like, unless I see it all the way to his back, yep. then yeah, I don't believe that he's actually in pain, but, but it, it was, a, was a, it was cool. To it, was see.
1: A good, it was a good match. I, I really liked the, the end though. I really liked, yeah, you know, the Brock Lesnar getting, giving Cody his props. I mean, I, I, I've been saying this you know for a while now this, this whole series with Brock is meant to elevate Cody yes. And having Brock Lesnar shake your hand, raise your hand, give you your flowers that I mean that elevates that elevate just about anybody
0: exactly. So
1: um, you know at this point you know, their series is done. you know Cody's overcome yet another obstacle. Um, obviously, he's probably going to have to overcome something else before he can really get on the Roman reigns path. Right. But, uh, we'll see, you know, what's, it's Monday night where that we're recording. So raw will start soon and hopefully we'll see what that next obstacle will be. We didn't get any tell from the pay-per-view. Um, and it doesn't look like the bloodline story is, is done being told necessarily. Right. That's not to mean that Roman reigns is part of the story is not done yet, but if I had to guess, I would guess that after SummerSlam, our Survivor series is probably gonna be Roman, Jimmy, Solo, and maybe one other person or something, and we're gonna see Kevin, Owen, Sami Zayn, Jay Uso in some kind of a Survivor series uh, team team, you know, war. You it, yeah, I was about to say, do you think it might be another war games? I would love for it to be another War Games. And with Triple H at the helm right now, um, I think that we could definitely see a a War Games at Survivor Series. And I think that's where they would go.
0: But selfishly, I'd love to see a War Games where, uh, it was the very first one in NXT where you had three teams all in the ring. like uh, uh, Three teams of three and nine total people in there. If they do that, I would love to see it with the three of Raw the three of SmackDown and three of NXT.
1: That'd be really cool. I don't think they're going to do anything with NXT because they have fully gotten NXT out of the third brand mentality now, and it's full-on back to being just the developmental program. I
0: I agree because there's not very many people in NXT now that I think have any value whatsoever. I would only name maybe two or three. Mm -hmm. Braun Breaker and I'd, I'd venture to say even Ilya Droganov.
1: Oh, yeah, and they'll both be out and on the main roster within the next few months.
0: Right. But then we get to the SummerSlam Slim Jim Battle Royal. I called this one you from did. the very beginning. I knew without a shadow of a doubt it was going to be L.A. Knight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had to do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, all, I'm always going to go, yeah, with you. Um, yeah, no, I was wrong on this one. Um, I really just, at the end of the day, though, I mean... Yeah, and we kind of talked about this. This is, kind of a, this is kind of a whatever. Who cares? I mean, yeah, there was I love no, there that was, LA Knight won, and we know that we're going to see an LA Knight push. Um, but it's like there was no stakes. There to were this no whatsoever. stakes to this whatsoever. This there there was there wasn't even a trophy,
0: right? You know, like it was just like okay, we have a Battle Royal winner. Um, what comes of this now?
1: Yeah, we had it. We we had Austin Theory, who's the actual United States champion in this match. The match had nothing to do with the United States title. It didn't give a United States title shot. It didn't give a world title shot. It didn't give a undisputed title shot. It didn't give anything. It's it,
0: it, I could care less about. It was Austin Theory the at only thing point. that I this mean,
1: match gave was twenty five wrestlers a pay per view payday. That's I mean,
0: it. I, at this point, and I've said it before, I could care less about Austin Theory at this point because nothing about him is believable. Nothing about him makes me believe that he is a legitimate champion because if you look at every single title defense that he's had. It's always been due, or most of them have been due, to some kind of outside interference.
1: Well, it's like the they're most- making they're making this kid who looks fantastic, wrestles fantastic, has actually a pretty cool uh, backstory if you don't know it. Yeah. They're making him be this shmarmy chicken-ass heel that, you know, needs to cheat to win. And it's like, no, dude, this guy's awesome. Like, he has a fantastic physique. He has fantastic in-ring skills. Um, most people don't know about this, but he subscribes to the straight-edge lifestyle. Right. Uh, you know, child of a single mother, you know, raised in poverty, you know, had a... You know, alcohol and drugs was a big oh, part yeah. I,
0: of... I oh, yeah. I'm not knocking his story or anything. I'm just no, saying, what I'm saying is this, this, they haven't
1: told his story.
0: Exactly, and they need to because him as a heel right now is not working He's not believable because, because nobody that's believes who, it.
1: That's not who he is.
0: Right, and he needs to switch it at some point, either after he loses the title or whatever it may be, but... He needs as much of a face turn as much as the Street Profits needed a heel turn.
1: Oh, and the, oh man, I cannot tell you how excited I am to finally see the, the Street Profits as heels. That's
0: going to be fantastic. There uh, is going to be championship gold on them at some point.
1: Oh, there, there better be um, this. This, I mean, I'm sure this is going to be the Hurt Business 2.0. Absolutely, I can't see them calling it anything else. I uh, uh, really hope that they will get MVP back into the group. If possible, I mean, I think MVP is a great talking piece. Bobby ain't great on the mic.
0: See, I Bobby think... is
1: is never been enthralling on the mic. It doesn't matter if we're talking 2006, 2007, Bobby. If we're talking Impact World, Re- you know, Impact Wrestling, Bobby. Right. We, you know, Bobby when he first returned, Bobby didn't get good until they put him with MVP because he can't talk. Right. Now, when you have a physique like him and you can go in the ring like he can. You don't you don't necessarily need to be a triple threat player, right? But just like Brock Lesnar needed Paul Heyman, Bro- Bobby Lashley needs MVP. You see, and I think that's why he's got the street prop is because they're great on they the can, mic. Yeah, Montez
0: Ford is fantastic on the mic. Angelo Dawkins is great on the mic as well. And so I think that they will act as his mouthpiece yeah. for the most for the most part if MVP is not back with them because MVP is too busy being with Omos. And that was another thing in the Battle Royal where I was like. Are you kidding me? Another one of Vince's little last-minute changes where he had to put Omos in something to make everybody remember, hey, he's still a part of this.
1: Yep. Well, hopefully we won't see too many of those obvious Vince McMahon audibles uh, for the near future. For those of you who are not aware, uh, not that this is, you know— Breaking news, but for those of you who don't know, it is breaking news, and we're glad to share it with you here on the Five Star Jobbers Podcast. And what is that news, John? Vince McMahon had his house raided by the federal government. What? A federal subpoena to raid and go through Vince McMahon's home, and I believe some other things were issued months ago, and we're just now hearing about it. Because, of course, you know, the, the, the WWE being a corporate company, uh, they've, you know, they have to disclose these things, but they, they can decide how they disclose these things. Right. And so, this happened, obviously, um, a while back ago, but they're, they're also making a big point right now to say that Vince recently had surgery and that he is not doing anything work-wise because he's on, you know, he's on medical leave, so they're they're very much cl- they're very much uh, separating Vince from the prop the 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 property the content the the company as a whole again. So Vince McMahon could be
0: on life support and he will still be able to put some kind of change. Oh, I know, on I know. But at that. the
1: end of the day, it's just kind of like uh, I think we're I think we're slowly starting to see the cards fall. You know, we, we had the um, we had the suit. You know, earlier in the year that led to his. Or earlier, la- or in the middle of like this around this time last year, right? That led to his, you know, ousting from the company, and then he was able to weasel his way back after things. But uh, with continuous issues barking, uh, banging down his door, and with him no longer being the sole owner of the company, or his family being the sole on- owner of the company, now that the company is owned by the same company that owns the UFC, right? They're not, you know. They're, they're, I'm sure he has it in his contract that he is that he gets to be the big dog on campus when it comes to WWE. But at the end of the day, if he's bad for business, they're gonna they're, they're gonna not, kick him to the curb. They're not gonna kick him to the curb, and they're not. He's, he, you know, at least when he was the, the the primary owner of WWE and before he sold the company, you know, at the end of the day, he owned he owned voting rights to everything, and he could, you know, oppose anybody else.
0: Exactly. You don't
1: have that anymore. No. So, uh,
0: Which, and for good reasons, because I mean, every time that he's put his spin or tried to put any bit of his creative mind into something, now it has gone to complete, for lack of a better word, doo doo. Yep. It's, it's hey now we have kids who watch the show. I know for all of you listening, yeah. I, I apologize for my foul language. Yeah, trying to keep it PG here, you know. But Cock-cough all that to, all want. that to say, glad LA Night won because I mean he's already well over with the crowd. But yeah, like we said, there was nothing to this, so it was kind of like okay, great, but. I was still on the edge of my seat because I knew that it was yep. down to Seamus and AJ Styles and the LA Knight. And I'm
1: like, please, please let me be right on this one. Please yeah. let me be right. Oh, he he was saying that because he knew that I would never let him live it down if I was right. And at the end of the day, I believe our predictions came down.
0: Oh, yeah. It was like a we draw. We were 50-50. It was yeah. a
1: draw. Uh, so, um, But, yeah, no. It 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 would have been a much better match if there were stakes, if there was anything to give a darn. But otherwise, just it was a battle royal. Right.
0: Then we get into the Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler MMA rules match. This was just kind of the, you know what I mean? Well, that's what I exactly
1: exactly what I said. What I didn't want them to do was like to have this MMA rules match, which. You call it an MMA rules match, but, but there's essentially... Nothing,
0: there's nothing that essentially differentiates it from just a normal style match. Because I, I mean, mean you could the rain... pin.
1: There was one thing. is there, there were no pinfalls. Right. It was either submission, uh, ten. you can't answer a 10 count, or you're the, the ref deems that you're knocked out.
0: Right. See, so, and what they should have done to that, because I mean, unless you were watching it live on Peacock or wherever you watched it... You wouldn't be able to hear the referee explain the rules. So those people that were there live had no idea yep. as to what was going on, which is why you didn't get a lot of reactions from the crowd during this match.
1: Yeah, there was this, this match, it would have been so much better if they would have just let it be a last woman standing match. Yes. Or an I quit match. And then at that point, give them the creative freedom to, to go at each other full bore. I think that having it as an MMA rules match, they were restricted to really kind of keeping it in the ring. Right. You know, and they did, I mean, there was a little bit of outside of the ring stuff here and there, but they quickly got back in. These, these women are very tough women. They could have really given us a a battle here. And especially if you believe what I believe that this was Ronda Rousey's last WWE match. And I'll probably say ever. Um, I don't see for her. There's any value of ever coming back to the WWE. No, nah, and she doesn't need this, to. This, you know, the first run with the WWE was decent. This second run has been has probably hurt her overall legacy and brand right. more than anything. So, if she's a, you know she's a very smart businesswoman, she's not coming back to the WWE. She knows that it's. Whatever little bit of money she's getting... I mean, not little, but whatever she's getting paid contract-wise, she makes way more branding-wise uh, and, and through commercials. Um, so I think this was Ronda's last match. Um, she does the favors going out for Shayna. Shayna wins. Um, I, I do think the match was good to, good enough to give Shayna that uh, believability and that credibility as just... Uh, you know, a, a real killer. Right. And I'm hoping to see Shayna going after Rhea. Yes. Um, I think she, she's the only believable she's the one most, yeah, on the main at, at this point, she's the only one that, yeah, that really, it's really believable at all that could take down Rhea. And they've got a great story because Rhea is the one who took down Shayna after Shayna's dominant title reign, you know, that lasted almost two years. Exactly. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's what we'll start seeing in the, in the future here. But yeah, the, I, I really do hate it when the when they when they do these stupid ambiguous rules matches that there's already another match that exists that serves the same purpose right. and would be better and would be a better fit for it anyways like I said the, if this was a, if this was a, a last woman standing match, if this was an I quit match, it would have been so it would have been better. so much easier for the crowd to understand it would have given the women the opportunity to use tables, chairs, ladders, barbed wire. Whatever they wanted to use, right? And you know they still could have had the same finish, but I think that if you're going to have Ronda Rousey's last match, if you really want to have an opportunity to give Ronda the the right send off, right? And give Shayna the right push, I'm old school. I believe in, I believe color ups the ante. I believe that that those women have all the believability in the world. That if they would have been in a brutal match. You know, with hard punches and with heavy crash, this could have been, I mean, it could have been out. I mean, both of them can work. I mean, whether you like, I mean, obviously Ronda's mic skill and, and character work is awful. Right. But her in-ring work is just fine. Yeah. And I mean, she does a good job in the ring,
0: but, you know I mean, yeah, I agree 100%. Like, If there was any kind of brutality in this match, aside from just being an MMA rules match where they could, actually do strikes to each other or land harder punches or whatever. If there was any type of brutality with weapons or anything, this would have catapulted Shayna to be able to be be more believable if she faces or when she faces Ronda Rousey for the title. Yep. Then we get into the Intercontinental Championship match between Drew McIntyre and Gunther. Called this one. Yeah, he called this one. I was so hopeful that this would be when McIntyre takes the title off of Gunter. But, man, I was so disappointed for this. But it was everything that we thought it was going to it was be. a great match. Great match. Probably one of the best of the night, in my opinion, just because of the hard-hitting British strong style, or European strong style, forgive me, that was going on throughout this match.
1: It I'll was incredible. Was the, I'll say it was the best match of the night. I mean, storytelling-wise, pacing, you know, hard-hitting, uh, believability. This was the best match of the night. It may not have been the most exciting. Uh, I feel like it was the either. most
0: exciting for me cuz I was on the edge of my seat almost every single no, time. No, I, I, I think ever. it
1: was exciting. I mean, like I'm just saying there was this match didn't have, you know, some of the like the I'll talk about the best finish of the night would, would have been the Bianca Charlotte Flair um, Oscar match I think had right. the best finish of the night and then of course you've got uh, Roman and, and Jay and, and and how that goes We're, we'll get there in a second but right. I would say yeah actual just for watching if I had to if I was if I was forced to watch this pay-per-view again today and I was told I could only watch one match I would watch this match
0: yeah absolutely but then we get into Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship <sighs> I called this one. You did,
1: and I, I I'm, I, you know, the, you know, when we were talking about this last week, I, I didn't think that you were going to be wrong. This was my reach. This was my desire pick. This right. wasn't me being pragmatic. This was me being a fan, and I'm still irritated with this one because where does Finn Balor go? From here, I mean, like you know, if you take, if you think about this match, and that's that's why I I was really hoping that that good psychology and good booking were going to win out in this match, because Finn winning is a great way to keep the storyline going, right? You know, Finn winning the match at that point, you've got Finn won the first match seven years ago, and you got you know Finn losing to Seth Rollins. You know, just again, if Seth, you know, if, if Finn wins here again and has the title, you know, you can have Seth come back and say, you know, and, and and win maybe at payback. And then you can go to Survivor Series or you go somewhere else. And at that point, you have a fifth final blow up, big, you know, cage, last man standing, whatever, big grudge championship finish match. But no, you just have Finn, Finn loses again. And think, at this point, he has no but there's, there's no reason to put him in any other matches against Seth for the title. Right. So it's not I mean, if you're not if you weren't gonna put the title on him, if you're gonna put the title on him, you're gonna put him on you were gonna put it on him during this match. So at this point, any reasonable fan knows that Finn's not getting the title off of Seth. So once again, Finn is written out of the title picture. And then, of course, they're sowing the seeds of discord between Finn and Damian. So, not only do I not get Finn as the champion, I'm now also like the Judgment Day is on borrowed time. Right. And I'm not a fan of any of that.
0: No. I mean, I think that the direction they're going with this is we're about to see the implosion of the Judgment Day, which, like we said, doesn't make sense because right now they're one of the most dominant groups on Mm -hmm. the main roster, and that needs to continue that way. Yep. But it's like, where do you go from here after that? After you disband one of the most dominant fa- factions on your roster. But we'll just have to see how it plays out. Maybe we'll get more uh, confirmation about things tonight on Raw, but we'll just have to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, I, I just I want to see Finn use well. And i to say that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be the world champion. I'd like for him to be the world champion. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's that caliber. Yeah. Um, but I just I'm sick and tired. I feel like it's been seven years ever since he came back, and he should have came back to a hero's welcome and a huge rocket push. But instead, he came back to crappy booking, and it's like there's been a little bit of glimmers of hope right. here and there, and then bad booking again. And that's what I'm, I'm just. What, what are we gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna let Finn Balor get cast to the side. What are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna put Damian Priest in the title picture next. Is Damian gonna go after Seth? Is Damian really gonna beat Seth? Does Damian beating Seth do more for you than Seth than Finn Balor being the champion? No. No. Like I love Damian Priest and I think he's great, but Damian Priest hasn't earned it yet.
0: No, he hasn't. And you
1: put the strap on Damian Priest any time in the next year, he's not going to get a good crowd reaction because the crowds the crowd's not going to feel like he's earned it yet. Right. And you know if they if he gets the, if the crowd gets that whim of he's somebody's special boy. They're gonna go. They're gonna him, turn on him immediately, just like they did with Roman. You know, the crowd loved Roman when he was with the Shield, but then when the you know when the Shield started disband and it became clear that they were gonna push Roman to the moon, then the crowd hated Roman. Exactly. Like, so I just I I want to see Finn used right, but it, this was a decent match. I mean, Seth and Finn, you're never gonna get a bad match. Um, the ending made sense. It's not the ending that I would have liked, but you know, it, it was it was a good match. It was it was entertaining, and right. um, we'll see. You know, we'll see where Seth goes from here. I don't like I said. I really don't know what you do with Finn Balor after this, other than let's uh, they say they're going to disband the Judgment Day, and you're going to have Finn versus Damian at some point, which is, I'm not looking forward to. I, I want them together, and I want them taking over Raw exactly. Especially when you know that that, that Seth Rollins is going to be taking a break, right? In the near future, uh, because he's doing stuff in Hollywood.
0: Yes. And moving on, we get into the triple threat match for the women's championship, which features Charlotte Flair, Asuka, and Bianca Belair. I think we both called this one yep. simply for the fact that... because so Well, this, here's the thing. We both were the, wrong in we were one wrong. aspect. We both
1: thought Asuka was winning, but we also both believed that regardless of who won, Ia was coming out. And taking the title, right? So we which both is exactly t- what happened. Yeah,
0: so we both took an L because Bianca won the title, but then we both so b- took a W. Took a W because Io came in and cashed in on Bianca,
1: and it was a good moment. It yeah. was a really good moment. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, you and I both, you know, we we've probably been Io fans for a long time, you know, from when she first came in and she was a great worker, but just kind of had a uh, kind of a ambiguous babyface persona, right? And then when she went. Like, evil EO. And, uh, you know, went off on Candice LeRae with the, with the Singapore cane. Right. And, you know, changed her music, changed her look, became the women's NXT champion. Like she's you become know, a lot more she, believable. She's just been, I mean, she's fantastic. And, you know, they brought him in, you know, they brought her in with damage plan. And I was originally... You mean damage control? Damage control. Uh, they brought her... To, well, I'm sure they had a damage plan to begin with. But yeah, yeah, well... Damage Plan was a great uh, band that included Dimebag Daryl and Vinnie Paul uh, after the Pantera uh, split in the early 2000s, but I digress. Uh, (laughs) But no, Damage Control, I'm still really not a fan of of Damage Control because of the poor booking. Right. Um, I love all three women, and I think that Damage Control could have been really awesome, but they've been booked to be more of a joke faction than one to be taken seriously. Right. Um, so for EO to finally be getting the push that, you know, she got ever, you know, ever since money in the bank and now to have the title, it was a good moment.
0: Yes. You know, I it, agree. This
1: was a cathartic moment for all of us fans who've been watching her since NXT or have been watching her since before NXT when she was over in Japan and was wrestling Asuka. Uh, so that leads to my next point. We're, at some point, we're going to see Io and Asuka in a Japanese Strong Style match that will hopefully be one of the best of all time. I'm
0: looking forward to that so much. And I will say this: this is kind of a side note as far as like the women's division in WWE goes. And I saw a post about this on social media today. You know, there was two women's matches on this pay-per-view event, but yet they have 41 women on the roster for the main shows. Yep. We are in a time right now, not just in WWE, but also in AEW where the women are not getting any TV time or if they do get TV time, it's less than 5 minutes, I would say. Aside from this past Wednesday night on Dynamite where you had the main event with Tony Storm and and... But even then, it's it's like the women have become forgotten about. In professional wrestling well, on the main TV a, there's shows.
1: There's an ebb and a flow to it, you know, because you know, so I grew up in I grew up in professional wrestling where the only time women were in the matches were when it was a bra and panties match right. or a bikini yeah, contest. Same. So, I, I, you know, I've been able to witness the full, uh, you know, evolution of women's wrestling because by the time I started watching wrestling, your Alundra Blaze, Bull Nakano matches were not really, they, they were a thing of the past. Right. Um, so, you really didn't get serious women's wrestling at all. Uh, From 96 till, I mean, really truthfully, like, yeah, we got Trish and Lita and they had the main event on Raw one time. But at the end of the day, like, Lita was still sporting the whale tail. uh, And Trish at one point was on all fours barking like a dog. Right. So I'm not going to sit there and say that there were any great, wonderful things happening for women in the Attitude Era other than maybe China. Um, But that's the exception. Um, You go into the mid 2000s still more of the same. You get into the early, you know, late 2000s, early 2010s, you've got Paige come on the spot. There's a little bit of a you know, you've got women who are athletic, you know, you got Beth Phoenix, you've got Paige, you've got women who can do things, but say exception to the rule, not the rule. And then, you know, starting in the mid, you know, 2010s, you've got Charlotte, you've got Becky, you've got um Sasha Banks. Sasha and Bailey, And then you've got Asuka. And then you've got all the... And then they have the Mae Young Classic. And you have all these things. And you had... Uh, what, what was it... What was the name of the pay-per-view that was the all-women's pay-per-view?
0: Oh, uh, was it Evolution? Well, is that, yeah, Ev- e- yeah, I think it was Evolution.
1: Yeah, so you have the, the all-women's pay-per-view. You have the WrestleMania where the women are the main event. It's okay for there to be an ebb and a flow. But I will say it's not okay for... 90% of your roster to have nothing to do. Exactly. Um, you know, it was like, well, you've got, you know, they they but they, they had Becky and, uh, and and Trish that they didn't use on the pay-per-view.
0: Exactly, because I saw something in uh, on Bleacher Report or somewhere where they're going to have that match on Monday Night Raw.
1: And it, it makes sense for when they say they're going to do it because they're going to do it when it's in Canada. So it's going to mean more because it's going to be in Trish's home territory. So it's gonna it's gonna be a revenue generator, whereas putting it here in SummerSlam, which already had a full card, like booking wise it makes sense. Like I said, which is why I'm saying it's okay for there to be an ebb and a flow. It's just it's frustrating when there are so many good female wrestlers and we keep getting the same matches right with over the, with the and same over people. again. Like I don't know how many times at this point we've seen Bianca, Charlotte and Asuka you know, maybe not as a triple threat, but I don't know how many times those three in the past year have faced each other at a pay per view.
0: Right. It's been it, like, done to death, I think. It's been
1: done to death. And they say the fact that EO has got the title now, and we're guaranteed at least EO versus Charlotte, EO versus uh, Bianca, EO versus Asuka. I'm excited about that yeah. because it's different. We finally, finally we somebody. have somebody for Rhea to fight in Shayna. Right. It would be really nice if. You know, we had uh, uh, viable women's tag team champions again. I know Raquel uh, and Liv are out kind of right now because Liv is, is injured, but there's so many women. You've only got two major ti- you've got two women's titles, but you've got plenty of ability to have a, a thriving women's tag team division. They don't have it. We talked about this last week. Same thing with AEW, where I said they need to have a women's tag team division right. because they have way too many women and way too few titles. Right. Um, you know the the TB the TBS title uh, is is decent, and the women's title is building its prestige. But you you still have so many women who have nothing else to do, and you have all these shows. There's no excuse. To not give them more to do. Exactly. So, I mean, it ebb and flow, ebb and flow. Just like, uh, you know, sometimes the tag team divisions are at the top of the game, sometimes they're nothing. Like right now, tag teams, and I would say in WWE's product right now, tag teams are not their focal point. Right. Um, Just like I don't really think that the women's division is their focal point right now. Right now their focal point is the men's heavyweight division. Um, and they've got a lot of great talent that are working it, and they've got good storylines. Um, but my guess is that we'll probably see some of that kind of even out as we get past SummerSlam now. We go towards Survivor Series. And then once we get on the road to WrestleMania, that's when the company really does get good at telling lots of stories at the same time.
0: Exactly. And now we get to the main event mm-hmm. tribal combat between main event Jey Uso. And Roman Reigns.
1: Tribal Combat. Uh, So what Tribal Combat means is two guys that are about to fight in a no-holds-barred match, but they both wear lays on the way in.
0: Exactly. And they're both fighting for the title of Tribal Chief. And the Universal Heavyweight Championship as well. Yes. But this match was everything we expected it to be. It was good storytelling, but then the one
1: thing that kind of...
0: Good storytelling
1: until it was bad storytelling. Right, yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So the end... It's where it gets kind of confusing because you have Jimmy Uso turn on Jay, and it's it creates that shock value at the end. Yeah. But then it's like, but wait a minute,
1: that doesn't make just, any sense. Yeah, it doesn't
0: make sense. Didn't you just turn on Roman and the Bloodline? Aren't you line? the
1: reason that Jay had to make the decision to turn on Roman? Like, aren't aren't you the one who has been getting your butt kicked for three years? And it's been Jay. Every single time who's had your back and and looked out for you, I mean... Go back to the cage match where Jay and Roman are fighting. Right, you know, almost yeah, th- almost three years ago, where Jimmy gets put into a guillotine and, and then Jay, Jay gives much, up, yeah, because of his brother. Not he wasn't going to give up for himself. He gave up for his brother, and then he comes back and you know, big brother, you know, little brother, big brother. Like at no point does Jay ever go against Jimmy in this entire storyline. And at one point, Jay wanted to leave the bloodline, but Jimmy didn't, and so Jay stuck with Jimmy. Then Jay gets fed up dealing with Roman and so Jay make, takes it upon himself to do something and Jay follows him and then now the, and then the bloodline beats the crap out of Jimmy and he's supposedly injured and now he comes in and screws his brother the one person who's been loyal to him the entire time
0: yeah it makes no it sense it makes no and sense and so I'm hoping that on Friday on Smackdown we get some clarification as to why he did this and I'm sure they're probably going to go with the whole like you were supposed to be there for me but now you, now you're main event Jay Uso again, and I'm left in a hospital, and so pretty much all this stuff, I don't think Jay's gonna, or sorry, I don't think Jimmy's gonna join back with the Bloodline. I think he is done with that. I think this is strictly gonna be a battle between the brothers.
1: Yeah, this is not I, gonna
0: have I, anything to do with the Bloodline, in my I opinion. Think
1: I think there, I think that you're right. And it's gonna be a battle between the brothers, but they're I think. They're gonna the battle between the brothers is gonna build, and I think that's gonna be a WrestleMania match. You think so? I mean, the fact of the matter is, Jimmy and Jay have been together since what, early 2010s. Yeah. And they've never split. And you're gonna tell me that you're gonna what you're gonna you're gonna split them for the first time in over a decade and a half? For what? Uh, a, a maybe a, a maybe a main event match at Payback. See, I, I just don't know. I don't feel like they're going to let this drag out like that's money, That's that, I mean, like, I'm not looking at this as a fan. I'm looking at this as a, as a businessman. Um, that match is a money match, and I'm putting that match somewhere where it's going to make me the most money. Payback, I'm not wasting a Jimmy and Jay Uso match at payback. Um, and then it's like like we talked about earlier. I, I honestly think that there's going to be some kind of a, a Survivor Series match between the Bloodline and... And then Jay, Kevin, and Sammy. If Kevin can get healthy, um, because they, you know, the, that's part of the story. You know, Sammy and Jay, and Sammy telling and talking to Jay, and and being there, and 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 counseling him, and Jay, you know, listening to him, knowing probably in his head that Sammy's right, but picking family over facts, right. This is the opportunity for, for all of that to come full circle. Now, if we want to talk crappy storytelling, which is that when people do stuff like this, and I hate this in modern storytelling, uh, that, you know, for anybody who listens and, and watched Game of Thrones, uh, if you read the books and, and you watched it, or if you just watched the programming, uh, you probably have a different mentality of it. But anybody who either read the books or really just watched the show and followed along with the storyline, the the last season sucks, Yeah, it subverts your expectations. It catches you by surprise. There's some shock value, but it's bad storytelling. It shocks you because what they do is stupid. They shock you because it doesn't make any sense in the context of the story that they've been telling you. And it's like if you've been reading the book since, you know, the early 2000s. And then you watch that that ending, you wanted to burn things. Like... Like the Khaleesi did.
0: Um, I've never watched it, so I can't. I'm I'm trying to avoid
1: spoilers for anybody, but at the end of the day, like the last season sucked because the writers, you know, had passed George R. R. Martin, and so at that point, you know, they they, well they passed him in like the sixth season, so like the seventh, sixth, seventh, and eighth seasons were all written past the books, and the sixth and the seventh season had their ups and downs, but for the most part, made logical sense based off from where the books had, had built the characters and the story. Right. It's like it's pretty easy once you've you know, gotten so far deep into a story to get to the point where you're like, okay, I understand what's going on here, and there's a logical series of events that's going to happen. Right. And you know what? You'll want that logical series. Like, we as humans have a desire for closure. Closure means that that we get an ending, and if that ending is logical, we're happy with it. But when an ending is completely illogical and it's like a circle turns into a triangle at the end, it looks weird. Right. It feels weird. It doesn't settle right. So that's what happened here. It, they, they shocked us. And maybe like for the first 10 seconds you watch it, you're like, oh, man, Jimmy just screwed. Wait. That doesn't make any sense.
0: Right. That's stupid. Because, I mean, Michael Cole is doing the exact same thing. He's like, why, Jimmy? He's like, what What are you doing? Like, this is your brother. Yeah, this, is, this doesn't make
1: any sense. Where are you going to go with this? Yeah. Um, and like, i say I, 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 I've, I've battled with the same idea of what you said. Like, maybe this isn't a, J, a Jimmy and Jay and the Bloodline thing anymore. Maybe the Bloodline story is over after this. And maybe the next, you know, the next step for the Usos is to face each other. Fine. But if I'm Jimmy Uso, I'm getting screwed in this deal. Right. Because now you're just a little punk. Exactly. Like, you're not even the good heel. You're the, you're the punk heel. Jay, I mean, it's, Jay, it's not going to really help Jay anymore. I mean, it might make Jay a little bit more of a face than he's already been, but I argue to say that he's already pretty well over.
0: Oh, yeah, he's definitely over. Like, the crowd is all already behind him in this, and they were behind him 100% in SummerSlam. And, it's, yeah, it's like you were saying, where do they go from here? Because... It's not going to do anything for Jimmy.
1: It's not really. It's not going to do anything good for Jimmy. It's not really going to do anything for Jay. Whereas you have the opportunity that you know, if if Jimmy goes back with the Bloodline, and like I said Jay, you know makes makes partners with other people, they can have a big match maybe at Survivor Series. Maybe the Bloodline wins. Maybe a couple of months go by. Jimmy and Jay don't don't cross paths for a while or you know maybe jay takes a break or something like that and right. then come back at Royal Rumble or something like that screw Jimmy out of the you know out of a out of a match whether it be a title match or the Royal Rumble itself and you know let's say build build that brotherly rivalry for something big not just some kind of stupid throwaway match here or there and not to say that Payback's you know not to say that Payback's not a good event but Payback's not a good enough event for two brothers who have i mean how many tag teams have come and gone in the last, you know, 15 years that the Usos have been wrestling, and are just now breaking? They're just now breaking up. They're just now having an issue. Right. Like you got to make the juice worth the squeeze on that one, or maybe a better metaphor in this one is, you know, when you crack the egg, you better make a darn good omelet. Exactly. Well, you cracked you cracked an egg, so make the omelet. Right. But I don't know how you how you make the omelet right now because bad storytelling bad storytelling makes it really hard for us to make any good predictions. Yeah,
0: right now it's looking kind of like scrambled eggs more than an omelet. Yeah. But anyway, guys, that's our reviews for SummerSlam. Let us know what your thoughts are on the event. Let it know all the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. And you want know, to talk about a, a dynamite
1: collision at all.
0: Uh I kind of thought that because I I didn't get any reviews for this week I was I thought this was mostly just going to be focused on Summer yeah it's mostly Summerslam so, all I wait. will say
1: you know just just to to go over it a little bit you know because I would say honestly both those were ho hum I think Summerslam was the big story this this week right but uh, we do know that we're getting um, as, as of this point for aw for all in we know we're going to get Adam Cole versus MJF we're going to get FTR versus the Bucks. Right. And we're gonna get probably CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. See, and I thought that FTR versus the Buzz was gonna be on Collision. No, I think they're gonna build that for all in. Okay. They they so if you watch if you go back and watch Collision, they say Wembley Stadium. So the the huh. F- FTR is calling their shot. It's gonna be a World Tag team title match FTR versus the Bucks, which I think is fantastic. You think MJF versus Adam Cole. I think that's fantastic. You've got CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, so much history. those guys can go as they've shown us. So that's gonna be that's gonna be an awesome match. Uh, it makes me think um, you know maybe Kenny Omega versus Takeshita or Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Is going to be the uh, the Kenny Omega match, um, and then I can probably see. That. I'd like to get the belt off. I know they just put it on her, but I'd really like to get the belt off of Hikaru Shida before all in.
0: Put it on Soraya.
1: Put it on Soraya. Put put it on. I mean, I know Jamie Hayter's hurt, so that's probably one of the things that's determining that. Put it on. Put it on Britt. Put it on Britt, and uh, let Britt go back to being. A full-on heel. Britt works better as a heel. Yeah, she does. Um, let Britt be a butthole again, you know, for lack of a better word, um, and let Sareah and the uh, the outcasts be the face group because they're going to get cheered in London no matter what. Right. So I think you know Britt Baker, and that's that to me in, in in the current AEW world, that's the best women's match you've you've possibly got right is Britt baker and saraya in london you know they've had matches already that were ho-hum but those are your two most over females so that's going to be your best on the marquee so but it it's finally coming it's starting to come together it's getting exciting um at this point uh less than a month away
0: yeah I mean, honestly, and I think it, I don't know if they've announced it or not, but we may see uh, Jack Perry and RVD. In a I think match that's that. kind
1: of what they teased on Dynamite was the you know the RVD and Jack Perry. Right. We might get a match before All In. I'm not sure. I'd like to. See, I mean, if they're gonna do it, I'd like to see it at All In.
0: Yeah, cause I mean that kind of caliber match with RVD and Jack Perry. Oh yeah. I think you've got to amp that up for All In.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah, just just wanted to make note of that real quick. I mean, we we're talking about SummerSlam, but I wanted to give the AEW side just a little, just a little nod, give yeah. give people a little teaser. Um, I think some good things are coming down the the pathway for All In. I'm getting excited for that pay per view. Um, it's crazy to me that that haven't they already sold out. Oh yeah, it's already sold out. And I I want to say it's over eighty thousand or ninety thousand tickets have already been sold. Right. Um, so it'll be the biggest pay per view they've ever had. It'll be you know between the pay per view and the um, the the arena. I mean, it'll probably be the highest grossing revenue they've ever had. That's the kind of stuff that you know if you're as as they're looking to become more and more of a serious contender with with WWE. Because depending on what you how you want to look at it, you know some people might say they're already a contender with WWE. Ratings and revenue set, show that they are not right. Um, they're building, but they're not there yet. No, and, and they will. Just gotta, they will, but you know, they just got to. They've got to become a household name. They're not a household name yet, and it's, you know, it's taken WWE, you know, quite a long time to become a household name. Um, but uh, you know, as, as far as terms of, of ratings and revenue, that you know. Uh, people might get mad when, when Triple H goes on to a documentary uh, like he did the one with Cody and right. calls AEW a, a second-rate show. Right. But he's not wrong. No, he's not. Uh, AEW is a second-rate show, but it's the best second-rate show we've got going. And it's the only one that can contend with them right yeah. now. Yeah, and at one point, WCW was a second-rate show. And right. then at one point, they were the number one show for 83 weeks. Exactly. And Eric Bischoff will never stop saying that. Yeah. So, I mean... They are a second rate show, but they have contended with WWE and they've
0: beaten WWE in ratings. In well, they Risen. beat NXT. Yeah, they, oh yeah, they've beaten NXT. But at this point, I don't think it's hard to beat NXT in the ratings.
1: Well, they beat NXT when NXT had Adam Cole and Karrion and Cross and Keith Lee. They beat NXT when NXT was good, and that was honestly, I think that might have been the death nail for NXT because um, they beat you know Dynamite beat NXT, and you know after that, after they were handily being beaten week over week. Is when Vince took over, turned it into the tie dye show. See, and that's where and I that think that, that was the nail territory. in the
0: coffin for them when they went to NXT 2.0. I think that was where things went askew.
1: Well, I think that I think that it was already off the rails. I, when they went to NXT 2.0, that was when they had made the collective decision. Okay, this is not this show is losing to another show. Right. So we're not gonna we're not gonna call it our third brand. We're going to call it our developmental. That way, when anybody says that AEW beat us, they just beat our developmental show. Right. They didn't beat one of our real shows.
0: And that's just got to suck for those people that are a part of it on the roster because it's like. Well, half of
1: them work for AEW now.
0: Yeah, exactly. True. <laughs> but yeah, guys, that's our reviews for SummerSlam and that's our thoughts on AEW this week. Let us know what you think about SummerSlam. Let us know what you think about things going on in the wrestling world as of today. Let us know on social media. Like I said, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Five Star Jobbers. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep it five stars.